Good morning, gentlemen. We are continuing our study of blessings. Yesterday, we spoke about the mechanics of a blessing, of how it works. We spoke about a person having shefa, bounty come down to him, but there's a clog. And the way the beracha works is that through a great person, he is able to unclog or bypass the clog in order to allow the shefa that Hashem already sent to be able to enter. That's the way the beracha works. And that's why we put the hand on top of the head. That's what we spoke about. Now the question is, what does the person, the recipient, have to do for the beracha to be effective? Is it just that you get a beracha and that's it? Does it matter who you are? Does it matter what you're thinking? Is it just a hand over the head and that's it? Or is there more to it from the recipient side? So far, we spoke about the giver, what he has to be a Talmid Hacham. He has to have Koah Torah, like we see in Vezot Beracha. It says, Vezot Beracha. This is the blessing. Asher Berach Moshe. That Moshe blessed. Who is Moshe? Isha Elohim. He is the man of God. Right? Why over here it describes, and it's the only place, by the way, in the Torah, that Moshe is described as the man of God. Usually it says Moshe. It says it many, many times. Moshe Rabbeinu's name. Never is he described as Isha Elohim, the man of God. Why specifically, when he gave a beracha to Am Yisrael, it says, and this is the blessing that Moshe, the man of God, gave to Benesa. Why all of a sudden he's man of God? It's the end of the Torah already. By the time you read Zota Beracha, you already spent your whole Limuda Torah with Moshe Rabbeinu. If you want to tell me he's the man of God, probably you should do it the first time he's mentioned. Now at the end of his life, you tell me he's the man of God. Answer, answer is, he's explaining to us why his Beracha is worthwhile. Why is Beracha is worthwhile? What makes Moshe Rabbeinu a person who is worthy of getting a Beracha from? Because he was Isha Elohim. Because he was a man of God. He was a godly person. And that is the kind of person that you need to get a Beracha. So, so far we've been speaking about the, the one who's giving the Beracha. But let's talk about the recipient of the Beracha. What, what exactly has to go on by him? What is going on by him? Does it matter? Does it not matter? So I'd like to read for you a Ramban. Ramban is in the beginning of Sefer Bramidbar. The Ramban is talking about, over there it says that Am Yisrael, they had to count each one individually, each person. Each one they have to count them. Who did the counting? Moshe and Aharon. And the Ramban over there is trying to explain why Moshe and Aharon themselves had to count each one. Why couldn't they hire somebody or appoint somebody 
to Catholic Jewish people, it seems to be like a, you know, a mundane type of uh, action. You don't need Moshe Rabbeinu. You need Moshe Rabbeinu to go talk to Hashem. You need Moshe Rabbeinu to teach. You need Moshe Rabbeinu to go and count the people. Go get somebody and let them, let, let them count. Well, that's what the Ramban over there is dealing with. Why specifically Moshe and Aharon are the ones that are counting Am Yisrael? So, the words of the Ramban, I'll read for you the words. He says here, He says, the one who comes in front of Moshe Rabbeinu, who is the father of the prophets, and his brother, the holy Aaron Kohen, and he and he becomes known to them by his name. They ask him, what's your name? Each person that they come to count. He says, they have to count them with their names. The number needs to come with a name. Not just a, okay, one, two, three. You can't do that. Yeah, Lord, this guy who's coming in front of Moshe and Aharon. And he's known to them now by name, meaning he's developing a uh, somewhat of a closer relationship. This will be for him It'll be a merit for him and it will give him life. A merit, the, the word zechut usually means, like I have a zechut. Oh, I, I need a zechut. Can I give charity? Zechut. Can I uh, do a mitzvah? Zechut. Oh, I have a zechut that I can honor my mother. I can honor my father. What is zechut that I have that I be able to uh, do something to learn? A merit. Right? A merit means something that I am zoche. Right? We look at mitzvot. We look at Maasim Tovim as a zechut. It's a merit. We have to be thankful that we're able to do mitzvot. So that's called a zechut. Says the Ramban that when this Jew goes in front of Moshe and Aharon and gets known to them by name, it will be a zechut v'chaim and will give him life. He says. Ki, I'll skip to the end. Ki yasimu alehem einam letova. Moshe and Aharon will put their eyes on him for good. The power of the eye. Yevakshu alehem rahamim. They will pray for them. So this is the benefit. That's why they specifically wanted Moshe and Aharon to count. Because it wasn't just counting. It wasn't just, okay, let's count. One, two, three. It was people coming in front of these holy people, getting to know them by name. And with that, they will have the zechut. They will get merit. And they will get life. And they'll get a bracha. Question is, what does it mean when it says they're going to get zechut, 
to get Hayim, okay, they're going to bless them, that they're going to get life, beautiful. Life doesn't just mean to breathe. To give them life, give them all the Shefa, beautiful. What does Ramban mean when he says, Zechut v'chayim? What is the merit exactly that each individual that comes in front of Moshe Rabbeinu, they're going to get a zechut. What's a zechut? Good. <laughs> the uh, great Rav Desla, Allah Shalom, is the one that was focused on these words of the Ramban. Seems like the people who get counted were doing something good. When I say I have a zechut, means I'm doing something good. I gave charity, I learned, I prayed. So here it sounds like they were doing something themselves, not just they were passing by and getting a blessing. Right? They got a zech- they had a zechut to do something. But what were they doing? What did a person who goes in front of Moshe Rabbeinu, what is the merit that he earns by doing that? Rabbi Desla, Allah Shalom, brings a Midrash. The Midrash describes the formation or the format, the way they did it. Look what it says. Ovrim lefanecha. Hashem tells Moshe Rabbeinu, I want you to count them, each one individually. Ovrim lefanecha. I want them to pass before you. Be'ema. With awe. Ve'kavod. And honor. Ve'ata moneotam. And then you count them. Look at the way the Midrash says it. Not I want them to pass before you. I want them to pass before you with awe. Why does the Midrash add those words? I mean, you should always be in awe of Moshe Rabbeinu. You should be honoring every person. Why specifically here does it mention, and they will pass before you with awe and honor? The answer is, there is a mitzvah from the Torah. The Torah tells us and teaches us, Ubo tidbak. Ubo tidbak means that we should cling to Hashem. That we need to connect ourselves with Hashem. Hazal asks, how is it possible to be connected to Hashem? Hashem is a fire. Fire means spiritual. Hashem is not possible for a physical entity to connect to a spiritual entity. It's not possible. What do you mean, Ubo tidbak? How do you connect to Hashem? Says Hazal that it means you should be close to Talmidei HaChamim. You should be connected to them. And they give examples. How does a person connect to a Talmid HaChamim? They give examples. For example, if you have a daughter, if you have a daughter that you want to Find the shinduch for marry a talmid hacham. They don't mean marry a talmid hacham because it's good for your daughter. That's obvious. They're not talking about your daughter. They're talking about you. If you want 
to cling to a Talmid Hacham, which is clinging to Hashem. So find a Talmid Hacham to marry your daughter. Again, not because your daughter needs Talmid Hacham. That's great, that's beautiful. But that's not what we're talking about here. The reason is that when your daughter marries a Talmid Hacham, you'll be able to get close to him. Another example they give. If you have a son, you should have him marry the daughter of a Talmud Hakam. Why? Because you'll be able to have a connection to him. You'll make parties once in a while. You'll get together for Friday night dinner once in a while. You'll have a connection to Talmud Hakam because you have a reason to be connected. Another example Hazal give. How do you get close to Talmud Hakam? That you should do business with Talmud Hakam. When you do business with Tamir Hakam, so now you have a reason to talk to him. He has a reason to talk to you, and all of a sudden, you have a connection. In life, you can't just be connected to somebody. Imagine you tell somebody, you know what, just get connected to him. What does that mean, get connected? You need some medium to be able to get connected. So either through marriage, or through money, through business, or find some other way to be connected to the Talmud Hakam. Hazal say that's how you fulfill the mitzvah of connecting to Hashem. You do it by connecting yourself to Talmidei Hachamim. This is the way you fulfill the Pasuk. So, which zechut does a person have? When he gets a beracha, what zechut is that? The zechut is that you're connecting yourself to this man, to this great man. You're telling him your name. So you're getting a little bit of personal relationship with him. And like the Midrash says, you come in front of him with awe and honor. You see... There's a word that everybody knows. It's called Eved Hashem. Eved Hashem means to be a servant of Hashem. Now, of course, we know Hashem doesn't need our service. He's very well taken care of. doesn't need us to serve Him. But what does it mean to be an Eved Hashem? And this is the hardest thing probably for a human being to do. I don't know that we're capable right now of doing this. But at least we have to hear it. And maybe slowly we can start. Being an Eved Hashem means that you are Mevatel. The Mevatel means you go to the Hametz and you say, even though you look like a piece of bread, you feel like a piece of bread, but as far as I'm concerned, you are dirt. I look at you like dirt. It's such a concept in halakha that you could take something that looks and feels and tastes like a great piece of bread and you say, I am mevatel. In my mind, you are a piece of dirt. Bitul means to nullify something. Even though it may have value, but you are nullifying it. 
What does it mean to be an Eved Hashem? It's a very, very difficult concept for the average American, especially if he has money. But even those who don't have money. Eved Hashem means that you nullify your opinion to the creator of the world. Means when you make decisions in life, you don't ask first, what do I want to do? That's not the way an Ebed Hashem lives his life. He wakes up in the morning, what do I want to do? We don't, we don't wake up like that. Something comes up, so do you want to do it? And Ebed Hashem doesn't think like that. Not the way it's supposed to be. The way it's supposed to be in everything in life, in everything in life. Someone comes into your office. What's the right? What's the right way to talk? How does Hashem want me to talk to him? I come into my parents' home. What does Hashem want from me right now? I have a few 10 minutes, 10, 20 minutes free. What does Hashem want me to do right now? I'm in this situation. Constantly in Eved Hashem. In Eved doesn't mean you're serving him. In Eved means that you are mevatel your opinion to his. Not so easy to do. What a lifestyle that is. It's not the way a person grows up. Every person doesn't grow up this way. As children you grow up and you basically figure out what you want to do. They give you something you either want or don't want. Your whole life decision-making process is always based on what do you want, what's good for you, what do you like, what's comfortable. What? It's always about you. That's normal. It doesn't make you a rasha. That's what, that's what humans are born into. The development of a great person is that they become an Eved Hashem which by definition means I no longer I no longer make decisions because I want. I make decisions because Hashem wants. That's what we say in many of our tefillot. We say Hashem make our ratzon make our desire that it should be your ratzon. We want to do what you want us to do. So any situation that comes up in life, you have an opinion, but you make bitul on that opinion, and you ask, what does the Creator want from me right now? This is constant. And Eved Hashem constantly is asking himself that question as he walks the street. What does Hashem want from me? How does He want me to walk? What kind of face He wants me to have on? I see a person. What does Hashem want from me? Does He want me to wait for Him to greet me? Or does He want me to greet Him first? What does He want from me when He sees a person, when, when I see a person in need? When a person would have no end. A person in Eved Hashem lives his life with himself being Batel. It doesn't mean that you're not important. It means 
that you became so wise that you understood that you, could, you should defer your opinion to the creator of the world. When a person goes to a doctor and he doesn't know anything about medicine and he finds the top doctor in the world. You know those guys who tell you that? I went to the doctor. He's top. He's top. All the doctors that you go to, they're, they're the top. Nobody wants to go to a second-rate doctor. So what do they say? My guy is the top. That's it. He's the best. He is right. You never want, you ever hear a guy say, I went to a doctor, he's great. He's third class. Never. They don't exist, those guys. And meanwhile, both guys talking are such ignoramus people about medicine. They know nothing about medicine. But somehow, they were able to vote about who the top guy is. That means they went through all the doctors in America. Imagine, two ignorant people that know, they hardly know how to read. They studied all the doctors in America. Understand? And they came to a conclusion that he is number one. And the other guy argues with him. He says, no way. You understand how foolish we are? Now, that, those are two people that are trying to act smart. But with a little wisdom, they look so stupid. You understand? I told you once I had a story. It's a great story, my life. I made a commitment from that day that I, I try to live by. Yeah, remember that story, Mark? I love that story. It was, I don't know if you remember, in Brooklyn, maybe this was going, going back 20 years ago. There was a whole tumult in, the, in, the, in Brooklyn about the Eruv. Is the Eruv good? Is the Eruv not good? Could you carry on Shabbat? You can't carry on Shabbat. It was a very, very hot time. There were people very strong, four very strong. Yep. That happens to be, happens to be that year I was learning in Kolel. And it was the second year that we were learning Masechet Eruvin. Masechet Eruvin is one of the hardest Masechtot in all of Talmud. Five. So I'm learning this Masechet. My second year we're learning about Eruvin. And I can tell you that I don't know that I had such clarity. It was a hard masachet. So it happens to be that the Eruv situation came up while I'm learning the masachet. And honestly, I didn't know if the Eruv is good or not good after all that I learned. I still couldn't tell you. But what a great moment I had. I'm walking out of Sharet Zion here on a Shabbat morning. Unbelievable. It's, if you didn't, I'm gonna, it's going to sound funny, I'll tell you, but it was an unbelievable sight. I'm walking by myself, maybe with my son, and two guys are walking in front of me. Now, I want to tell you who these two guys are. I will not name them. They were people who were in shul every day. They pray three times a day in Bet Knesset. Very nice people, but completely ignorant. 
Amen Aratsot to the highest degree. But they're very good Jews. No, no, they're good people, really. They're good people, but ignorant. So now, okay, which is fine. It's, I mean, you have people like that. I, honestly, I'd be honest with you. Sometimes you look at those people and you say how special they are. That they don't know anything and they're so committed. No, it's unbelievable. It's, it's really beautiful. I mean that. Anyway, two guys are walking in front of me. I'm walking behind them. I see one guy screaming. They know that he's screaming. He tells them, of course the head is good. He says, why? He tells, the guy tells him, you see walls? Walls. He says, yeah, they're walls. He says, drive down Ocean Parkway and you'll see that it starts turning. You see that building there? Starts turning the other way? That's a wall. He tells him, come on, that's not a wall. And this is the, now I gave you just the beginning of it, but it was a heated conversation. Yes, Eruv, no Eruv. And I'm looking and saying, wow, these guys look so stupid. I said, I never want to be like that in my life. I think they think they're talking smart, but they're discussing a subject they know nothing about with such intensity. I made a commitment really that day. I remember I'm walking home like, these are good people. They're intelligent people. I said, if they could do it, I can do it. I took upon myself that I will never discuss a subject that I don't know anything about. Somebody asked me something I don't know about. I don't know. If I didn't study the subject, if I didn't delve into it, I will not discuss it. I don't know. Because, not because I'm trying to be... Uh, you know, humble. I don't want to look stupid. The way those guys looked for the rest of their life when I see those people, I remember their complete foolishness. Again, I'm not saying they're bad people, but that's precisely the point. They're good people and they thought they're doing something smart, but it was foolish. Don't talk foolish. Don't say, I know this is the top guy in America. You know nothing. You don't know anything. You want to say, I heard he's a decent doctor. You could say that. You don't know. Imagine you go to the doctor who's supposed to be the top guy and then you start arguing with him. You look foolish. When you go to a doctor, usually what people do is they make betul. You'll see even the most arrogant people by a doctor, they make bitul to themselves. Bitul means they nullify their opinion. The doctor, what do you think? Because it's so obvious to them that they know nothing. So even the guy who has the most, you know, uh, most opinionated person on any subject goes to the doctor. He knows he can't, usually. If you even argue with a doctor, you got real problems. The same way you go to a doctor and you look foolish, if you bring your own opinion, you have questions, you want to understand, all that's fine, you could talk to him. But you, you don't weigh in according to the doctors on his level. The same way when we live in this world, Eved Hashem is a person 
who has such clarity that the creator of the world, his wisdom is way beyond anybody else's wisdom. And your opinion about yourself or others makes no difference. And therefore you come to an intellectual bitul, not a brainwashed bitul. People think that if you listen to the creator, so you don't think. So it could be, by the way, it could be, it could be there are people who just got brainwashed not to think. And they listen to Hashem. That's not what we mean. The opposite. You're so smart. You're such a hacham that you realize that there's no way your opinion can size up to the Creator. It comes from chokhmah, not from blindness. It says, it says, it says, Reshit chokhmah. What's the Reshit chokhmah? What's like the top of chokhmah? Number one, five-star chokhmah. Well, what is that? You keep climbing the, 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 the ladder of wisdom. You get more wisdom, more wisdom, more wisdom, more wisdom. Every day you come here, you learn something, you listen, you learn something. You get more wisdom and more wisdom. So where is the top? When do you, when do you get to number one? Reshit chokhmah. Yirat Hashem. When you see that Hashem knows better than you. When you hit that level, when, you, when you're smart enough to know that you're not as smart as the Creator, you realize that clearly you become a wise man. That's called an Eved Hashem. Now, an Eved Hashem is very hard to come by in this world. Let me explain what that means. It's very easy for a person to deceive himself that they're an Eved Hashem. Most good Jews, if you ask them, are you an Eved Hashem? They would say, of course, yes, I do what Hashem says. It's very easy to have a fake relationship with Hashem. Because since He's not physical, so it's very easy to imagine whatever you want regarding your relationship with Him. Yes, I, Hashem is top. He knows best. You'll make statements like that. You'll, you'll actually believe that you and Hashem have this relationship where He is the Melech. You keep saying Hashem Melech. You even stand up. Hashem Melech. Hashem Malach. He's my king. I'm His Eved. Adonai Hu Elohim. Adonai Hu Elohim. You're screaming it. You lost your voice on Kippur from screaming Hashem runs the world. All those proclamations are easy because Hashem is not physical. So therefore, Hashem gave us a way to really develop that attitude with Hashem in a real way, not in a fake way. It helps us, A, practice, and it helps us get to it. And that is... By being batel to a Talmud Hakam. By being an Eved to a Talmud Hakam. What does it mean to be an Eved, a slave to the Talmud Hakam? It means that you mevatel yourself, that you look at the Talmud Hakam and you say, I'm batel. I, my opinion, 
is void. Not only when I don't have an opinion, I go to a Tamil Hakam. When I have an opinion, I ask all important questions and I'm ready to put my opinion on the side before the Talmud Hakam. That's a very hard thing to do. Do you have people in your life that you're mevatel to? Now you'll tell me, well, listen, if I had Moshe Rabbeinu here, if I had Moshe Rabbeinu here, I would do it. If I live in the time of uh, David Melech, I would do it. But uh, this guy, if I tell to him, why well, he's not so smart. That guy, I'm not telling you who. But there has to be at least one person in your life that you defer to and that you will put away your opinion before his. There aren't a hundred of them, but there has to be one person in your life, one, that you're willing to put aside what you think and do what he tells you. Of course, that person cannot represent himself. No point to that. That person has to re- represent Hashem. But there has to be that person in your life because that will be your vehicle to be in Eved Hashem. There are many people, most people, they say Hashem Melech, Hashem is my king, but they're unable to have anybody in this world as their king. They can't do it. They're not able to say, Rabbi, what should I do? I have a very strong opinion. What should I do? I'm ready to defer. I'm making a big decision. What should I do? I'm about to do something. Is it the right thing to do? By the way, not only if you're doing bad things, if you're doing good things also. Very often, good things that people do are not necessarily so good. Or maybe they're not seeing it the full, in the full scope of the picture. Ask. There has to be somebody in your life. Again, doesn't have to be every guy that you meet. But there has to be at least one person that you're willing to be mevatel your da'at. That's why Hazal tells us, Shimusha, Shimusha, serving the Talmud Hakam, which means what I just told you, being mevatel yourself, instead of having your own opinion about everything. By the way, who has the hardest time in this? You know who has the hardest time? In being mevatel to tamir hacham, the guy, the guy who learns. If you're totally ignorant, it's a little easier. You know nothing, so you go. You know who has, who guy argues with the heart surgeon the most? Guy's a doctor himself. He's not a heart surgeon, but he knows something about medicine. So now, what are you talking about? Why are you saying that? The, the harder, the more you know the harder it is to have somebody be your da'at Torah, your guidance. Because like, I also learn. I also know. Why is he better than me? That's the way it is today in this world. It's very hard. Don't think this is only for people who are simpletons, who don't know much. The opposite. For the guy who doesn't know much, it's easier 
to have a Talmid Hacham that he is Meshamesh. Meshamesh means he serves. Serves means he's Mevatel. That's easier when you don't know much. But the more you know, the more difficult it is. The older you get, the more difficult it is. Not just because you're stubborn. Because you know more. You understand better. You have wisdom that you learned through experience. But everybody needs a person like that. That's why Hazal tell us, Shimusha, serving the great person is even greater value than learning the Torah. Can you imagine that? Serving the great Talmud Hakam is greater than learning from him. What an unbelievable thing. And you know who they bring as an example? Yoshua Binun. Why was Yoshua Binun chosen to be the next leader of Am Yisrael? Why? What did he do? Because Yoshua was Mesharet. He served Moshe Rabbeinu. Not learned with Moshe. He also learned. But that wasn't the point. He was Mesharet. That relationship is a very powerful relationship. Because if you're able to be serving another person, then you'll be able to serve the creator of the world. You ever wonder why Moshe Rabbeinu, when he sent the Miraglim, when he sent the spies, 12 spies, and he knew the danger of this mission, how come he only prayed and blessed Yahushua? He didn't care about the others? Why did he only bless Yahushua Binun? Why did Moshe Rabbeinu not bless the other spies? They're also part of Am Yisrael. They're also good people. He chose the best of the best. Why did Moshe Rabbeinu not bless them too? Answer is that the blessing that you give someone is only as effective as the bitul of the recipient. If the recipient comes to a Talmud Hacham and he's mevatel himself to a Talmud Hacham, then the Beracha has a value. Because the way the Beracha works is you have to bring a zechut. What's your zechut? When you want the blessing of the Talmud Hacham, you have to come with a merit. What's your merit? That you are lowering yourself to the Talmud Hacham. That is what cleanses the pipe. We said the pipe gets unclogged. How does the white pipe get unclogged? What does that mean? How? What is it? It's not a plumber. Answer is, when you come to the Talmud Hacham and you humble yourself and you mevatel yourself and you kiss his hand, what is that doing? It's giving you zechut. It's giving you a merit of connecting yourself to be an Eved Hashem. That is your zechut that the Beracha will be able to work on you. It's not by accident that when we go to get a bracha, we kiss the hand of our mother, of our father, of the rabbi. Why do we do that? Because that's a very important ingredient in the bracha being able to work. 
Because the way that Beracha can work is you come with a zechut and then you're able to receive the blessing. You're connecting yourself. You're telling you, tell me, Hacham, I am under you. I'm kissing your hand. I'm mevatel myself to you. And then the more you do that, the greater the power of the Beracha. By the Miraglim, it was a very big test. You see, 10 of them, ten, they chose 10 of the greatest people and they all failed. It was a very big test. You know, when you have a very heavy, heavy, heavy item, you can't use a string that's very thin. The heavier the item you're trying to lift, you need a stronger rope. You try to lift something very heavy with a thin rope, it's going to rip. Moshe Rabbeinu here is blessing Yehoshua for a very heavy lift. It's a very heavy lift for Yehoshua to come back and to be able to pass this test. And Moshe Rabbeinu understood that unless the person I'm blessing had the bitul, had that nullifying of himself in front of Moshe, the beracha would be too light. It wouldn't be able to connect. That's why he only blessed Yoshua Benun. Because nobody else, even Caleb was a great man. He's a great man. But he didn't have that same bitul towards, Yosh, towards Moshe Rabbeinu as Yoshua Benun. And Moshe saw the only way my beracha can be effective right now is I need somebody who is willing to be mevatel himself. Akeli. So bottom line, this is the ingredient. That's how it works. How does the plumbing get cleaned up from the pipes? How? Because like the Ramban says, you come with the zechut. What's the zechut? That you come in front of the rabbi, like the Midrash says, be'ema, you come with awe, and when you come with honor, meaning you're lowering yourself in order to put them on top, then you're getting closer to being Eved Hashem. And that will be your merit for the Berachat to actually work on you. But if you come to the rabbi and say, hey, give me a blessing, come on, give me a blessing. Right? Or you pay $20 to a guy to get you a blessing from the rabbi. Or if you come in to get a Berachat with an attitude, so then, I don't know, the Berachat is not worth it. I'm not ready to say that. But that's not a Berachat. A real Berachat is when you come with that attitude and then... The hand goes on your head, and then it's able to really work. That's called shimush talmideh hachamim. It's called serving the talmid hacham. Are you able to be corrected by a talmid hacham? Are you able to ask questions from a talmid hacham and be willing to do it even though you don't agree or you don't like it? That's one of the great tests of a great person. I will end off with the following story. And then you guys could go. Listen to this story. Rabbi Akiva is one of the greatest Jews that ever lived. And he attributes this story as the beginning of his greatness. You listening? He says it himself. He says, and I'll tell you the end of the story. He says, he says, there we go. From that moment, from that moment, 
I never stopped serving Talmidei Hachamim. What was the moment? Listen to this unbelievable story. It says that Rabbi Akiva was once walking and he saw a person dead in the street or in the field. A dead body. That's what he saw. What did he do? He took this body, as though he is, he's a met mitzvah, he needs to be buried. He took him, he carried him on his shoulders. He says, He carried him about four miles. You know what that is? To carry a, four, a guy you don't know, you never met him, you don't know his family, nothing. You're not getting credit for it, nobody sees you. He carries, I carried him four miles until he brought him to a cemetery. He dug, he put him in, he covered him. Unbelievable. When I came back to the Bet Midrash, I said over what I did. He came to tell his rabbis what he, what he did that day. Maybe why he was late. They asked him why he late. What happened? Amruli, they said to me, Al Every step you took, it's considered as if you murdered. It's as if you're a murderer. Whoa, 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 whoa. Relax. But, but what would you say? He said, this rabbi lost his mind. I'll see you later. Let me go find somebody else. Maybe I'll go to your area or something. <laughs> oh, what? what kind of crazy reaction is that? First of all, what was their problem? Halakha is, interesting halakha, that a met mitzvah, the halakha says, a met mitzvah, kana mekomo. Wherever he is, you bury him. Now let him move him. For a different time. Not supposed to move him. So here he is thinking he did the greatest mitzvah and the greatest hesed. They told him he did a terrible thing. But look at the way they said it to him. Not like the halakha says. Not like, you know, if somebody would do that. They told him straight. You. What you did, you're like a murderer. Says Rabbi Akiva. He accepted it. He says, from that time in my life, from that moment in my life, I learned how to serve Talmidei HaChamim. Not the first time he learned, but he got shocked. They came at him when he thought he was doing the greatest thing. That's very hard. You think you did the greatest thing in the world, and you come to the Bet Midrash, and you get killed. And he was able to handle it. And he says, from then on, I was a person who had real, mean, meaning that was the test of are you mevatel yourself? Are you ready to nullify yourself? Until something like this happens, you don't know. Maybe yes, maybe not. Something like this really puts you to the test. This is the power of the recipient of the beracha. He needs that element of himself that he's coming to be 
mevatel himself to the Talmud Hacham to get close to him. And Be'ezrat Hashem, then the Beracha has what to be affected on. Baruch Allah, Amen, Amen, have a great day.